For a time, we tried to contact him by radio, but no response. everybody to episode 12 of the dumb marks podcast this week's episode is brought to you via zoom since that bitch covid came through and uh we have new uh, recommendation of a stay-at-home order here in pittsburgh where we're recording so um nice to see you guys via video zoom chat how's everybody doing doing well pretty good doing good welcome back donald and jason for another episode Yep, we 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 brought the we brought the brothers of chocolate back to do a run in <laughs> on this episode's podcast. I mean, I think they're the brothers of destruction, seeing as the Undertaker's you know final farewell is this weekend. Right, right. <laughs> we'll see if it's a final farewell. Who knows? But, but that we can get into that later on. So everybody's week go okay, good. Getting ready for for Thanksgiving and and excited for for all that shenanigans that's going to be upcoming with with that festive holiday uh we shall see given the circumstances <laughs> given the circumstances right yeah there's uh i guess covid came out and canceled all holiday plans for everybody this year so <laughs> no uh not supposed to have family gatherings and and everything else um you know i understand it stay safe um we're you know we got to get around got to turn the corner on this at some point in time so yeah i know myself i'm i'm ready for for thanksgiving on my end that's a that's my favorite holiday um chris i know we touched on this last night but i'll throw the question back to you and then to donald and jason what are your what are your your thanksgiving day plans are you as far as like eating goes are you uh uh fast until all the foods out on the table and then you go big and, and get a huge plate do you uh do you snack throughout the day and get a plate, take a nap, come back, get a second one, and maybe, you know, a snack before bed at night? What do you guys do as far as consuming food on, on Thanksgiving? Usually, so whenever I was growing up, it used to be we'd get up, and then we'd go down to my grandparents and hang out with them for a bit, and then we'd go to my aunt and uncle's for dinner. Um, unfortunately, all three of my grandparents are no longer with us, so uh, we'd eliminate that stuff, but so now we just, I get up in the morning, I usually just have something very light for breakfast, and then I try to save off for, for dinner. We usually eat around like four o'clock, so, you know, it is a little bit later in the day for some people to eat Thanksgiving dinner, but, you know, we'll usually get over to my aunt and uncle's, we'll have some appetizers, you know, deviled eggs, things like that, and then, yeah, I'll usually eat a plate there, take a nap, come home, and then have my second plate once I'm home. How about you guys? Uh, normally, I just wait till all the food's done and I go real big one time. <laughs> okay. uh, well, no, normally, I'm at work, so uh, I have to dig in the plot while they cook and then eat what they have at work and then come home for my leftovers, which is the better part of Thanksgiving food. Yeah. The yeah. leftovers. The, le- the leftovers, agreed. I'm more, uh, I'll, I'll get like a light, a light breakfast in the morning. I'm usually up at six o'clock getting the bird in the oven. So at that time I'm cracking open my first alcoholic beverage 
um, to, to slow and steady wins the race as far as drinking goes on Thanksgiving Day. Um, back in the younger years, used to party hard Wednesday night, and, you know, you'd wake up right at noon kickoff for the first football game. So you you skip breakfast. Like, I was <laughs> – you know, hangover meal was, was the actual Thanksgiving dinner that absorbed all that alcohol from the night before. I'll go I'll go light throughout the day, maybe a snack or so, and then get a plate or two after all the food's out on the table with that. Real quick, what is – because I got some uh, – I know we got some other stuff to touch on in the intro here with, with different things we saw from the week for ourselves. What is your best and worst side dish for Thanksgiving? Worst is green bean casserole. Uh, not a fan. Uh, I don't know anybody that really likes it except my sister. That's like her man- mandatory must-have every Thanksgiving. Probably my favorite – it's not really a side dish, but it's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving was – uh, my grandmother used to make uh, mushroom gravy. You know, that, it was just basically I would make my plate and then it would be smothered mushroom gravy. So that, okay. that's always been my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. All right. Donald, Jason? Might as well be mac and cheese is the best for me. I love it. And uh, the worst is probably cranberry sauce. I never was a big fan of cranberry at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Jason? I'm going to go mashed potatoes for the best. <sighs> Stuffing for the absolute worst. Uh, the absolute worst. I don't care if it's I, I, homemade. I don't know. What, I don't. I don't know. Between you and Donald, I don't know which is a worse take. You saying stuffing being the worst side dish, or Donald saying Reese cups is the worst Halloween candy? Like, <laughs> so I to, saying, Chris, can you cut his Zoom page off? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. So it's funny for me listening to you guys say this because you know as you as you can see on the video and if you've seen i'm i'm a white male my my wife is 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 african-american so i get the both the best of both worlds on thanksgiving green bean casserole is definitely a white people side dish um we're gonna categorize it so i don't think i've had it yet (laughs) she actually made it she she cooked it for the first time last weekend for her friends giving with her girlfriends because they're like what would you bring and and it was so, like, she was responsible for a side dish, and she's like, I'm not making mac and cheese and taking it to him because I got to cook it for Thanksgiving. She goes, I'm not making greens because I got to take – I got to cook it for Thanksgiving. I'm like, well, why don't you make green bean casserole? Like, you're not going to – you're not going to cook that on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, she, so she made that for the first time. So, yeah, so I, I'm going to go – the microwave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, green bean casserole for the worst for me. Uh, best, I'm going to go with sweet potatoes or yams, depending on um, where you're eating Thanksgiving dinner at, what, what household you're in. <laughs> in my household, we just call them sweet yams. That way it covers all bases. Sweet yams. Sweet yams. All right. Well, um, that, that's the goal. doesn't like stuffing. Yeah, it threw us for a loop. So that that's a little Thanksgiving talk from from four fat kids that enjoy eating food. Um, hope you guys are excited to to dig in on your plates uh, wherever you're eating Thanksgiving at this year. Around the horn, real quick, no pun intended, with the show on ESPN. But uh, some quick hits or quick hitter things that you guys saw throughout the week that you want to touch on. Anything from 
you know, entertainment, movie, sports, whatever, before we get into the actual segments for the pod? Um, I think probably two things to cover on quickly. Um, see, the one I know that you sent me was that, uh, you know, Deadpool 3's looking to be in production, like at least starting that. From what I saw, that it looks like they're still keeping the rated R rating. So I thought that's kind of interesting being under the D- Disney umbrella now. It, it is it is going to stay rated R. They are getting new writers, so we'll see how that goes. I, I assume Ryan Reynolds plays a huge part in the, the writing of the script, um, or, may, or, or maybe more of the ad-lib part as far as delivering lines and that. So hopefully the, uh, the comedic aspect that is Deadpool, that makes Deadpool so great of a superhero, um, at least in this iteration, is will we'll stay the course and uh, we'll continue with the third installment. Yeah, and then they're talking about him, that Deadpool, the character, will be replacing a draw blank on his name. I can't Stan, believe that. What's it, Stan Lee? Yeah. Stan yeah. Lee is all, in all the cameos. Yeah. You're Deadpool drawing a blank on Stan Lee? You're hor- that, that's worse than that's worse than saying stuffing is the worst side dish. <laughs> you draw a blank on Stan Lee. What a dumb mark. I'm going to blame it on my you know, lack of sleep last night, but we'll, we'll see. It's definitely my old age. I'm I'm definitely inherited my father's memory, but <laughs> we uh yeah. So that that would be interesting to see how they do Deadpool's cameos in the movies. Almost the Stanley cameos, and I thought they it brought like that little bit of comic relief in the movies, um, especially on some movies that necessarily wasn't always a comedy. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Donald, Jason, you guys got any any quick hits or things that caught your attention this week? No, can't think of anything. Riveting information from YouTube. <laughs> what? Uh, I said, riveting, riveting information oh. from YouTube. What are we having these guys on for? Jeez, oh man! Look, if you're looking for game systems this holiday uh, season, uh, don't try. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, that's the big thing now. I guess the 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 PS5 and Xbox is like toilet paper at the beginning of COVID. They're selling it for ten times the price online because people are buying them up. Oh, um, if, if if you're the if you're the adult jagoff that has no kids and you bought like seven or eight PS5s and seven or eight Xboxes to try and make a profit, um, go punch yourself in the face because you're taking potentially a Christmas gift away from kids. Like, come on, let's use some common sense here, dude. Like, you don't need ten PS5s and ten Xboxes to try to make a buck. Only capitalism? <laughs> That's a different podcast. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. All right. Yeah, I just seen a guy on Instagram. He had thirty-one PlayStations. Like what? Like really? Come on, dude. Thirty-one. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but he's charging twelve hundred for each of it. That's in- that's insane. Like. <laughs> All right. Well, to to a couple of things for me that I saw this week, just to get the the train back on track here. Um, Christmas is saved. Thanksgiving is saved because Charlie Brown Peanuts will now air on TV. The voices of the public were heard, and <laughs> Apple Apple TV's partnered up with PBS, so those shows will air on television like they have for decades and decades. Did they specifically um, hear you? Your your hot take? <laughs> they did. I sent them specific. I sent them specifically to Apple TV's headquarters. 
<laughs> Jagoffs. I can't believe they did that in the first place. But anyways, we got what we wanted. They're back on television. Yep. Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving will air tomorrow night at 7.30 on PBS. So that's Sunday as we're recording this Saturday for you folks out there. Um, so that's one thing. Chris, I know me and you have been talking about game shows making a comeback. Yep. Um, it appears that Uno, an Uno game show, will be coming from the people that do The Price is Right. Interesting. So, yeah, I heard that, yeah. No. So it'll be interesting to see. Uno is one of those games, um, again, depending on who is in your household and who is playing, the roles with Uno have changed. Um, people have even gone back to Uno directly and told them that they're wrong with their roles on how the game's supposed to be played. So <laughs> I'll be interested to see how that translates over into um, in the actual television production of, of the game show. Yeah, because usually that's a, good, that's a good game to play, you know, whenever you've had a couple of drinks with your friends and really test the, the limits of your friendships with all of them. Yeah, Uno, Uno Monopoly, you know, We'll, we'll test the limits of friendships, and then I'll, I'll have to throw spades in there as well. If you're a bad spades player, we might not be friends anymore. So how does like you win on a game you show? Underbid, you underbid or cut me in the spades. Like, if you know, you bid five and we end up going ten because you don't know how to count books, we're going to have issues. <laughs> so how do you end on Uno on, on TV? I don't, I don't know. That's what I said. I'll be interested to see how – like, like how it goes forever. It ends when all the contestants leap over the table and punch the other contestant. That's how it's going to end. <laughs> and then uh, what a, the, just real quick, the last thing in the intro that I wanted to touch on that I thought was pretty cool for, for us, um, considering where we live at in Pittsburgh, the Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson will be a, an executive producer for a football movie about the 1950s Braddock Tigers. So if you're from – Pittsburgh, more importantly, like the Mon Valley region, um, around the areas where we grew up at, um, you can you know for sure how much the the steel mill and the steel industry impacted this area and region. Um, you know, one of the steel mills that's closest to us is is still operational and still up and running. Uh, my father worked there. A lot of our dads worked there. A lot of dads of our friends worked there. So it's been an integral part of the community, and um, you know, I'm I'll be I'll be excited to see this movie about uh, that team that you know had the nation's longest winning streak. So if you really think about it, that's pretty impressive that you know a team from Braddock, Pennsylvania, put together the longest winning streak in the nation. So excited for that. We'll see. We'll see when when that comes out. Hopefully, it'll be done well. Are they filming in Braddock? The, um, none of those details have came out. They just kind of, you know, made the announcement that the movie will be made and that, you know, Russell Wilson is going to be one of the executive producers on it. So I'm sure as, as time goes on, we'll get more and more details that, that come out about it. But again, just something that's that's interesting for our community that, you know, that we grew up around being put into a, a major film production based off of people that we probably know who had relatives that played on that team in the 50s. I want to be extra. And be an extra, yeah. Be an extra. You can be, the, you can be the water boy, you can be the water boy and, and, and serve them crystal light 
water like you do crystallite <laughs> beer. <laughs> this is gonna be the breakout of the star, star of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, one last thing before we hop out of the intro. Drink a cho- drink of choice on Thanksgiving. Are you a beer, wine, liquor? Don't drink at all. Have to drink because of family members. Like, what, 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 what's your what's your take there on on Thanksgiving? Oh, absolutely. You have to drink on Thanksgiving. Um, right. I mean, it's it's a family gathering, so you you need to drink a little bit more, right? Usually for no. me, it's wine. A little wine connoisseur. So we're good. Uh, I just stick with uh, popper juice. That's it. Popper juice. I'm glad you said pop and not soda. You're from Pittsburgh. Pop's the correct yeah, pronunciation exactly. of that it's of that soda. particular I'm item. I'm from the look, look here. Y'all, y'all are just like touching all my nerves. <laughs> I, hate, I hate stuffing. It's soda. <laughs> Is that there's some DC in you? Is that what they call it down there? <laughs> It's, it's, it's so down there. <laughs> uh, get this dude off the show. This guy. <laughs> All right. I don't got nothing else. We ran this intro way too long, but uh, get ready. Enjoy the rest of the pod. All right. Welcome to this week's edition of Bell to Bell. Uh, another busy week in professional wrestling. We pretty much got to the point where when we don't know where to start, we start at the beginning. So what do we want to talk about from this past Monday on Raw, if anything? Oh, you can all talk about that on SmackDown because that's where everything went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of uh, – I mean, SmackDown gave the recap of Raw. So if you missed Raw, you could kind of watch SmackDown. A couple things to, to touch on from Raw that we, we talked about a little bit in our, in our pre-production meeting that we quote-unquote have. Obviously, Orton – and McIntyre with Drew taking the belt off Randy. Doesn't make sense, but no. it is what it is. They're going with it. You knew Drew had to win Monday night based off the way they booked him on SmackDown the Friday the before. The or not the rest of the morning, the rest of the beginning of the show? No. Yeah, he was the entire show on SmackDown last Friday, and if he would have went into Monday Night Raw and lost to Orton, it would have been, like, just the worst booking ever. So you knew Drew was going to win. Sets up him and Roman for, for Survivor Series, and we can touch on that when we get into SmackDown. Uh, other quick hitters from Raw, Ricochet potentially joining Retribution. Although Ricochet makes sense for Retribution, I don't see him joining Retribution. You know, again, WWE with the, the poorest booking of Retribution anyways, there was a... About a two-minute tweet put out by the members of Retribution, and it was on fleets on Twitter. So Twitter kind of got their own version of IG Stories or IG Live this week. That was the big upgrade to Twitter, and they're calling it fleet. So, um, But there was a fleet of the members of Retribution where they went through and gave their reasoning as to why they've joined the group. And there was uh, footage that cut in behind them, you know, showing different things that we all seen in the, in the past that's happened with each member of Retribution. And it was done super well. So, like, if that would have been – again, this is, this is where we come back to the booking of Retribution where it's been screwed up since the beginning. But if these video packages and these tweets and, and promos that are being done on social media were actually – the booking and the rollout for the group, they would have a completely different 
view on this group, and they'd be taken way more seriously. I agree. Yeah, it's just it's WWE booking, and they've just done a horrible job with with retribution. All right, and then uh, go ahead, Donald. I said, and that's why Raw is like it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch uh, it. We, we we did see we did see a change in the women's Survivor Series team uh, due to an actual injury. So Mandy Rose is actually injured. Um, not sure exactly what the injury is. I believe it's an arm or a shoulder injury. So they uh, wrote her and Dana Brooke off the Survivor Series team due to injury and replaced them with Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. If you guys want to hear a breakdown more on Survivor Series and the predictions, go over to our YouTube channel and check out our Survivor Series prediction show that we did. Um, that'll be that'll be out uh, before Survivor Series, so you can go back and, and catch more of a breakdown here on uh, Raw and SmackDown that we go into in a little bit in depth as we're picking that card. Um, so let's go from, from Monday night. We'll just jump over to Friday night because SmackDown last night was the, was the tie-in for Survivor Series. What what jumped off the page as far as SmackDown goes? Did you guys enjoy the show? What, what do you think overall? I Honestly, it I don't okay. feel like a whole lot jumped off the page other than the Roman Drew McIntyre contract signing. Yeah. I felt like that was the highlight, in a way, the highlight of the night. But honestly, SmackDown really didn't make me that interested in Survivor Series. Like, for being the go-home show to the pay-per-view, I didn't feel it like wasn't... it really... It wasn't much to tie into Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. Like just the contract signing and uh, naming the last women, the members of the women's. It just yeah. felt like there was just other matches just thrown in there. And you know, yeah, I um, hurt this pay per view because usually in the past you've seen a lot of Raw and SmackDown, you know, uh, jumping on each other's brands, you know, to attack one another. And due to COVID, you know, they they didn't do that this year. But yeah, we. Um... Drew and Roman was by far the best segment of the night. You know, we, I broke this down on the the Survivor Series prediction, but uh, Roman, like I said, he just continues to be on fire and hitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, everything from the littlest thing of sitting actually at the head of the table last, you know, last night to his promo. Um, some of the, you know, the zingers out there, you know, you're you're my favorite number two. Uh, champion, they only put the belt on you when I'm not around or not interested. Uh, you were the right get, right guy, right place, wrong time. Um, so he definitely tore Drew a new asshole during that promo last night. That sounds kind of a uh, hunterish there. <laughs> very hunter-esque. Very hunter-esque, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, other than that, like, I hated the open to the show. You know, you just run guys out there just to run guys out there and you book a match on the fly because you want to get eight guys on a show that are involved in matches at some at Survivor Series. And I don't know, Dolphin Root aren't even on the card unless they get thrown into that pre-show battle royal. Um, but, yeah, just I hated the opening of the show. Absolutely hated it. Um, adding Bailey and, and Natty to the Women's Survivor Series team match, um, to me – Putting Bailey on there kind of I, I, that tips the scales to me as far as Team SmackDown goes for women winning at Survivor Series. Um, I think the the one of the dumbest things of the night was you just tell Otis he's the fifth member for the men's Survivor Series team. 
when you have Big E sitting there not doing shit, but backstage segments with the Street Profits and New Day. Like, Big E's been a cheerleader for this entire New Day Street Profits match for Survivor Series. He's done, he hasn't been on television. He's literally just done backstage segments cheering on the New, the new Day. That's why I'm hoping they don't turn him. Chris talked about this last yesterday when we recorded uh, the prediction, but he said, you know, he expects some shenanigans in the tag team title match and have Big E turn on New Day to start Big E's run. And I'm like, well, that make that to me that makes no sense because then you have a heel Big E and your yeah, champion on SmackDown is a heel. Yeah. So if you're gonna push Big E, then that to me then that means Roman's not gonna be your champ and the only babyface that that is remotely even on Roman's level right now is Daniel Bryan, and he hasn't done anything. Uh, I mean, I, I see Biggie doing something. It's just what because maybe he just turns on the Street Profits, and that kind of starts his uh, transition to something. But he he needs to he just needs to do something. He can't keep coming out wearing the, his same New Day gimmicks every week and acting the same way whenever he's not a part of New Day anymore, technically. You know, they, they need to do something different to his character. It's the same thing that we've said about Roman, you know, now that he's the tribal chief instead of the big dog. He, he spoke to that on uh, Talking Smack one day. And he was like, yeah. I, I've done it the other way. Look where it got me, like when he was healed. Yeah. He's like, I've been a heel before. Look where it got me. I'm out here just having fun, doing my thing. Let's try this out. So I'm just... And with that, you become... It goes with that. Say that again? And I said, and with that, you become our truth. <laughs> Have fun. Next thing you know, you twenty four seven champion. <laughs> R-Truth. Yeah, I, mean, I, get, I get it. You know, I I can understand. You know why they start New Day, why they're together, why he acts that way. But yeah, I mean, it's if they're gonna push him as a main eventer, he because they did it with Kofi. So it's not like the New Day hinders him from being champion. It's just he doesn't have an identity other than that. And if you're not going to keep them together, what's the point of still giving him that identity? True. All right. Well, um, I don't think we need to go any more in the WWE main roster. Like I said, if you want a breakdown for predictions for Survivor Series, go to the YouTube page, check out the video. Let's I, let's I, bounce I, around the rest of the, the wrestling world here. And uh, I, I guess we – Go ahead. I do feel like this is Vince's I told you so. For what? Roman and, Roman and McIntyre. His two top guys. Yeah. Uh, so people people online were like they were like, Oh, this is the this is what should be the main event for WrestleMania. Why are we getting it now? And this there has been no build to this and and they're doing this, yada yada yada. Like I you know, I said last week on the pod, if you're gonna run Drew versus Roman for Mania because Seth is going out on paternity leave to be with Becky, you know, maybe you work out something that Drew gets traded to, to Raw and or to SmackDown, and they run the angle there, and they have Roman and Drew. But, I mean, Chris, you said yesterday you saw them two whenever they faced off at Mania in Dallas, and the crowd was dead for them. Now, yeah. it's a different it's different scenario. They're both different characters yeah. than what they were for that match. So, reaction-wise, maybe, maybe different. Roman, yes, know. Drew, no. I still think Drew's the same character he was two years ago. I mean, it all was just a different elevation of that character, but yeah, I mean, all, I think all three of us were there in New York for that WrestleMania, and I think we all oh. had our bathroom break during that match. Yeah, it was a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah. The crowd was dead on it. You know, it's the crowd didn't care about the match, and I think Jason hit something on the head. You know, 
I, I feel like COVID a lot's been Vince being like, hey, no fans. I'm doing things how I want to do them. And that's why, you know, luckily Roman worked out. I, don't I think, think, I think Roman – I think Roman worked out because this is who Roman wanted to be the entire time. You know, um, this, this is how he perceived himself being on the main roster. It's, it's more towards his FCW NXT character. Yeah. Um, so that, that's why I think it worked out because he's comfortable in this. He's in his groove with this. He knows how he wants to say things, how his cadence wants to be, how his look wants to be. Like, he knows all that because he's, in his mind, he's gone over this time and time again, whether it's, you know, driving the shows or flying in planes. Like, he he has this vision of himself, of this character, and that's why he's knocking it out of the park. I don't know I, if I mean, the promos for him, but – or if it's just that he's getting better at promos because when he was just, you know, shield member Roman, you know, coming out, cutting a promo, you could tell he was memorizing it and just spewing it out. His promos have gotten so much better. So whether it's, you know, him actually cutting the promo now and flowing because it's his cadence, like you said, it's so much better. No, I told you, I told you last night when we recorded Roman Reigns talked me into wanting to watch a match on a pay-per-view. He's never done that before. That right there goes to tell you that he's hitting on all cylinders with what he's doing. All right, that's enough of main roster. Um, Let's jump over to Wednesday night. We'll get into the Wednesday night wars here with AEW and NXT. I guess we can kick it off with NXT. Go ahead, shoot. What do you guys got for NXT from Wednesday night? The Rhea Iho match was amazing. I like that match a lot. It was good. It was good. I was tweeting out along with the show um, Wednesday with NXT. Chris, you were you were following Dynamite Live. Um, I was a little concerned because they had Balor, you know, making this announcement and everything else. And Io and Rhea, when they said that the match was next, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, so wait, this isn't the main event of the show? And yeah, then, I didn't like that, but... And then as as entrances came and that I'm looking at the clock again and I'm like, it's nine thirty six. Like, are they only gonna give these these two like ten minutes? Like maybe fifteen with a commercial break? Like this match is is deserves more time than this. Like put this yeah. match on for an hour and let them go at it. <laughs> but I mean it ran up to, you know, nine fifty six, nine fifty seven before the 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 bell rang with EO winning and then Finn hopped in and did his thing um, with McAfee and and Undisputed Era. So the Rio EO match was by far, like you said, it was the match of the night for sure. Um, bring it. I mean, Rhea's ear. I, I'm interested. I, I heard like that she had to get some pieces of her ear like cut after the match, but yeah, that's that was sick. Yeah, I mean, great visual. Like you, you have you know Becky standing in the in the stands with the bloody nose. Um, yeah. You have Rhea seeing the feeling the blood and then wiping it across her cheek. Like that's a that's a great visual that you know you you can maybe harken back to depending on where she goes in the upcoming year. Um, I didn't like the beginning of the show. Uh, the finishes for the first match and second match were just some, I don't know, sometimes NXT, the the past couple of times I've watched it live, the finishes have been kind of shitty. Like you had a blindfold match that wasn't even a blindfold. It was a, it was a pillowcase put over their heads. And then they, and then they take the pillowcases off 
and they fight each other without the the pillow without the blindfolds on, and then the match just kind of ends. Like I don't that's, get it. That seemed like they're getting like a little bit of main roster into their uh, creative now. The storyline they're creeping into like that unnatural territory. Like you'll need that. Yeah, I don't know if it's Triple H becoming a little bit more like Vince, or if it's the new writers on the show. But yeah, it's. Yeah, okay. it, it, you can definitely tell that COVID's hurt NXT a bit, especially because you figure whenever they first moved to Wednesday nights and did two hours, they did rely a little bit more on the UK talent. Yeah, I don't know. It just, like I said, it was just some things that were off. You know, obviously the big announcement, War Games, December 6th. Um, you know, I was I was hating on the Candice LeRae Shotzi. I'm like, you start a few by breaking a tank, really? This is what we're going with? And then... After the announcement was made, I'm like, oh, a tank, War Games. The tank is the logo for War Games. Okay, now I buy it. It completely makes sense. I love the women's four-on-four War Games match, although we don't know who the the fourth member of of Team Shotzi is going to be. But I love Team Candice right now with what they got going on with those four women. Who do you put up against EO now? So So I was thinking... To me, I think Rhea, because she's feuded with Raquel, is going to be the fourth member for Team Shotzi. Okay. So sure. you'll have you'll have Shotzi, uh, Tony Storm, Ember Moon, and Rhea, which is that's oh, one hell of a solid. that's one hell solid of a team. team. And then you have Candice, Indy, uh, Raquel, and Dakota. So that that'll be your four v four. So I brought this up, talking it over with my cousin, Takeover. So NXT TakeOver War Games, right? You'll have the men's War Games match. You'll have the women's War Games match, right? Uh, you'll have the triple threat for the North American title, which will be Johnny Priest and, and Leon123 Kid Rough. <laughs> so you'll have those those three <laughs> matches, right? And then other than that, what, Champa and Thatcher will be your fourth match, potentially, I don't know who else – like, do you have an NXT takeover where you don't have your women's championship and your men's heavyweight championship defended? I think you got to have one or the other. We don't know if Balor's cleared. He didn't yeah. get to stay. And EO just beat Rhea, and there's no other challenger set up for her, and War Games is on the sixth. Mm-hmm. So in two weeks, you have absolutely nobody prepared for EO. So, right, like, right now you have four matches – well, what we think would be four matches, um, you know, for that card, NXT takeovers are usually five matches. So I, I don't know what that fifth match is going to be or if EO's even on that match. Yeah, I'm going to say probably not just because the War Games matches are going to take up some time on that card. So with two of them being there, you know, that, that's probably going to be a good half of your card right there. So I could understand if they didn't throw in any title matches just to throw them on, you know, not give them any buildup. And I'd actually rather not have them just throw on a title match. So you just – so you only go with, say, those four matches that I ran off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, you, know that, uh, you know, the men's take uh, – uh, the men's war game match is going to be 40 minutes itself because they yeah. were brought for a good while. They're not full. You got to play. You got to put fit, not put Finn in it, but have him has have its presence somewhere, even if it's after. Yeah, he w- he was teasing uh, some some cover art this week of picture of him, uh, him AJ Styles and Adam Cole as the club. 
So I I don't know if that's just him throwing that out there just to be Finn and, and stirring stuff up, getting the the internet wrestling community uh, up in a buzz. But um, he's that one out there before, so yeah, it's him just trying to be you know that mark on online. But it was it was interesting to to have Finn bring back Undisputed Era. Obviously, this was done to make Undisputed baby faces. Mm-hmm. Like clearly, they're baby faces now. Um, no longer like the tweener heels or dickhead heels. They're they're strictly baby faces now. So, um, but yeah, we'll see what what goes on with that. Interesting to note. Um, anything else for from NXT you guys want to talk about or or bring up? No, I think I'm okay. I'm good. All right, let's move over then to the show that actually stole the night on Wednesday night and put an ass whooping on NXT in the rank in the, in the ratings war um, upwards of 250,000 more people watched AEW over NXT as far as total numbers. Um, but the real, if you look in the breakdown and the data of the, the ratings and quarter hour markers and demo, demographic and so on and so forth, um, it was an absolute bashing of NXT on Wednesday night, which my, may may make me a little worried if I'm Triple H in the group because you announced your one of your biggest male stars coming back for a major announcement and you booked your strongest women's match as the main event and you didn't draw at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I didn't look at the, the breakdown of the ratings at all, so I don't know if you know, if NXT rings ticked up at all with, with Rhea and EO and, and Finn at the end. Um, but I felt like AEW is a strong show. A little weird that, you know, they're building up now towards winter is coming. And, you know, with, with so that's the, that's the, that's the, the take on Game of Thrones. I didn't see Game of Thrones. Um, I didn't have HBO. I don't know, Donald, Jason, if you guys watched Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, Great show. Yeah. It was a good show. So, so with the, with, I kind of get the gist. The the winter is coming. Winter was was one of the, I guess families or, or I don't know how you want to word it for Game of Thrones, but that it was that just was winter. like, okay, it was All just right. actual winter. <laughs> All right, <laughs> they said winter is coming, meaning like uh, the bad zombie people who was in there were making their way down towards the kingdom. So, yeah, so that was like the that was like the big the the big payoff, right? That was the 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 big battle scene in in the last season that correct. capped everything yeah. off. Yep, <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, <is> fun, but <laughs> that was season seven. <laughs> yeah, so so winter is coming. Um, you know. AEW does this where they they'll throw taglines on shows or, or matches. This is where I, this is where I may go a little bit into uh, fantasy booking or or deep into the weeds with stuff. But let's see if we can circle around this and make some sense, right? So you were supposed to have the contract signing between Moxley and Omega the week prior on Dynamite. You saw Kenny leaving the arena, was on the cell phone talking about yeah, see you there, whatever, about to get on the flight. He was taking a flight somewhere to go meet somebody. They get to the contract signing segment, and Moxley's laid out in the back. So immediately it runs to, all right, we have a mystery attacker angle, right? Um, Who could it possibly be? 
and I'm going to throw this out here. This is this has been rumored to be, but I'll take the rumor and kind of make sense of it. So potentially, maybe, possibly, highly unlikely, but uh, the person that could be brought in to be this attacker would be Kenta from New Japan. It would make sense, you know, seeing as he has the briefcase for the United States Championship title shot. Um, Not only that, but he is in Bullet Club. Kenny is back to being the cleaner. He ran Bullet Club as the cleaner. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he reaches out to his Bullet Club brethren and uh, brings a little Japanese hitman style to to soften up Moxley before their match. I mean, I, I'm okay with it. You know, I think everybody has said since the very beginning of AEW is there going to be an AEW New Japan partnership. And, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but I know Kent is here in the States wrestling, you know, on in their uh, LA Dojo show every Friday. So, you know, it, it, you got to do something with Moxley for that, that title. He hasn't done anything with the title since COVID. So they're going to have to do something with, with New Japan for that. And I, this is the perfect opportunity, I think. He even said in his promo, too, he was like, I'm a champ on two continents. Yeah. If you don't know about him being the United States champ for that, that would have never clicked in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you are you are you buying a and maybe it's not Kenta, but that's the one that makes the most sense, given all the ties. Um, and this and this essentially being the, the springboard to the AEW New Japan partnership. I mean, for a while there, as we know, bridges bridges were burned and there, you know, didn't it appear from either side wanting to do anything as far as partnership goes. Mm-hmm. Business-wise, you know, you already shown what you could do with NWA as far as having the women's matches and the NWA women's title, which has been strong showing on your programming. You had Don Callis come in for for a one-off with, with announcing Omega's match. He's with Impact, whether or not that leads to anything. Um, I think that's more for, like, Callis's ties with Omega going back to New Japan rather than them working towards doing something with impact. Um, but I mean, Hey, like I said, when AEW first announced, let, let's get all the, all the smaller promotions. Let's, let's partner up. Let's move talent around and let's, let's go back to what was the quote unquote territory days um, and, and have people move around and do different things on different shows. Yeah. I, I think, they've proven that it can work, you know, especially with NWA and NWA's proven that it can work with, uh, you know, the United Wrestling Network too. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> going to be too big for their britches. <laughs> Some, I mean, somebody's going to be. It is the, it is the wrestling business. So you got ego involved, right? Go. And that was always the problem back in the territory days that, you know, okay, we're, we're going to give you the champion. <laughs> we're going to fight your champion. And, we- Cody McMahon, which one is he? Is he Cody McMahon or is he Cody Helmsley? Like he's, he's Cody Hogan, man. He's Cody everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of speaking of Cody, let's just let's get into let's get into the the main event on Dynamite. Then him and him tag teaming up with Darby Allen to take on Team Taz. Um, I love the 
Papa John's pizza t-shirt, dig it, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I thought it was really – I thought it was done really well. That People might have missed it, but if you – if you know Shaq's involvement with Papa John's and that that uh, promotional run with the everybody loves Shaq, Shaq loves everybody, um, giving out the the Shaqaroni pizzas, it was done really well. So uh, yeah, I thought it was just a subtle enough to to keep the the storyline going. <laughs> I like the match a lot. The thing that bugs me to death was the end. Like you just crown a new champion and he gets pinned, while you have Cody Hogan just. Uh, outside the ring just looking in. I was like, there is no way you can pin the champ like this fast. I was like, nah, man. I don't <laughs> I hear what, work. I hear what you're saying, but because of the because of the punishment and how the actual finisher was applied to Darby, I don't think it weakens him at all. Like, you know, that and that could be setting up that maneuver to be one of those ones that are like a one-winged angel where you know you're not going to kick out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's very protected. <laughs> yeah, so, but the match, it, like you said, the match itself, I felt was was tremendous. Like, it was, it was perfect for a main event spot. We get the swerve at the end with Will Hobbs joining Team Taz. I don't know if you guys thought that's how it was going to go down. I didn't know it was going to go down this early. <laughs> yeah. it was going down, but not this early. Yeah, I thought we were still going to see a few weeks more of teasing. I thought we might have actually seen maybe a little more teasing, not him just coming out, but you know, maybe trying to like make it look like he was going to join, then decide from there. But it's what I expected. You know, I'm really interested to seeing what they do with Will Hobbs. I think he's supposed to be in action next week, so maybe he'll actually get to show off some of his talent. Yeah, I was I was high on Hobbs since I you know first watched him on on Dark and the matches that he's he put on in the beginning part of COVID and what he's done. Um, I think adding him to Team Taz is is great. Um, you see AEW. This is where like that the New Japan aspect comes into AEW, where you have a ton of factions and, and a and a ton of people in those factions, so you can you know, move matches around, rotate tag teams together, do triple threats together. Um, maybe you get a, a trios titles at some point in time. Um, like you have in Lucha underground or that's in new Japan um, based off of the people and the factions, but no great, great addition. I think putting him with Taz is great for him being as young as he is. He can learn a lot from Taz um, and, you know, Ricky Starks and, Cage, say what you will about each of them, but to me, they those three will fit the mold of a, of a team Taz and what they're trying to do with that. It's nice to see Taz working with you know Cage is a little experienced now; he's been around for a bit. But it's nice to see, he's still kind of I think Cage is still a little green, so it's kind of nice to see Taz working with three guys that you know that are young and hungry and. Could possibly. You mean like what do you mean by green with Cage? Like his in his ring work is green, or yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. I I think he's. I don't think he's green in the ring. Like he's been all over wrestling. He has. I I just think that you know there's still some room for improvement with him in the ring and on the mic. Mike that's Mike why has being on the mic with him. I'll give you Mike Wiles. Like even going back to Lucha Underground whenever I first like 
saw Cajun really like got into him. Um, he was never really great on the mic there either. Like, yeah. you know, his stuff is being a big, a big some bitch that can do high flyer moves. Um, because he started out as a smaller guy, but built his body up over time and just never lost the moveset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the star of the group and the one that's going to shine the brightest over time is going to be absolute Ricky Starks. Yeah, for sure. Dude, just, just well, biracial just... Anderson Cooper. What's that? Biracial Anderson Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, WWE Jason, everybody. <laughs> All right. Everybody in AEW. All right. Yeah, that, with that comment, we're going to move on to, to other parts of the show. Um, you know, yeah, the, Jesus. You're the backstage segment with uh, Jade taking out. Jay Cargill taking out Brandy. Um, to me, this is obviously going to lead to Cody and Brandy versus Jade and Shaq at Revolution. That's that's where I think this is going to go storyline-wise, a way to write off Brandy. Um, and we'll, we'll see what that is and where that goes. Um, I guess, you know, what else happened on Dynamite I that we liked? Like, uh, I did like the match between uh, Young Bucks and Top Flight. Yes. So, Top Flight impressed me. Yes, they that, did. That Top Flight, are those, is that Devon's sons? No. No? Because I thought Devon, Devon's boys got signed to, or they were going to do, but that's not Top Flight. That's a completely different team. Yeah, I don't team. think those are these guys. Yeah, I think Devon's boys were, are going to have a dark match, I think. Okay. All right. Then, I've, then, I'm, uh, then I was off um, – because, you know, JR bringing up the, the training tie-ins with them and who they trained with and everything else, like, they they were super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they more – they – I think if you were to compare them to, say, Private Party, because both have wrestled the Young Bucks, um, uh, you know, as being an unknown team, we saw that back in the beginning of the tag team tournament when mm-hmm. when AEW first got started, and, and Private Party pulled that. Private Party pulled the upset, but to me, like Top Flight felt more of a team that belonged in the ring with the Young Bucks for the first time than Private Party did. I agree with that because they look more polished. I mean, they really impressed me. Not saying that private party isn't isn't good or anything, but to me, like if you just look for for first match on the big stage, I felt like Top Flight belonged in there more than what Private Party did with the Young Bucks. And I mean, you figure a year ago, whenever that match happened, everybody thought that was just going to be a squash match for the Young Bucks because they were gonna they were gonna move forward in the tournament. So nobody, I don't think anybody, had Private Party winning that match. And, right. You know. So that that was like that nice shock out of the tournament too, but um, yeah, I, I thought Top Flight was good. I, you know, it would definitely fit the Young Bucks style. You know, they definitely uh, meshed well together in the ring, and I think we'll see them again on on Dynamite. But I wouldn't mind seeing a a street or a private party match versus uh, Top Flight too. So they had the run-in with Angelico and Jack Evans afterwards beating up Top Flight, 
And if you put those four dudes in a ring together with what Angelico and Jack Evans can do, that has potential for some major fireworks that will be like, holy shit, what did I just see happen in a wrestling ring? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> <laughs> The other big thing to come out of Dynamite this week was the return of the Death Triangle. Uh, we saw Pac's first match back That's against right the Blade. Now. Huh? That's where I'm at right now, on mute. Yeah. So, well, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> Hey, wait, 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 wait to watch the stuff before the show, not as we record. <laughs> gotta stay up to date. <laughs> Want to get in your fresh? We can have new into the show right now. Go ahead and start uh, providing the commentary as you're watching it. What do you think is happening? A <laughs> uh, botch. <laughs> so the so the match was the match was good. It was hard hitting. It was physical. Um, you know, we get. Phoenix coming down afterwards to help help Pac out as as Eddie Kingston and Blade and Butcher were were putting the boots to him, and then Pentagon coming out with a chair. Not sure. You think he's gonna you know go after Phoenix um, and Pac because he, they're he's best friends with Eddie Kingston, but uh, he ends up. Taking a swing at, at Kingston, and we have the reformation of the Death Triangle. I'm glad they went this route with it. They, you know, that group didn't get a chance to do anything. They f- they formed right before COVID hit, mm-hmm. and we we really didn't get to see what they were planning on doing with them. So I'm glad that they're they're back together, and now they can you know go where they initially had planned for them. And it, it's another stone. Good. Good on. Uh, I said. Now with this dude, this uh, diminishes uh, Eddie Kingston's group now since he don't have, you know, Phoenix. Just butchering the blade. Don't ask if they diminish, man. Get the fuck out of here. Just butchering the blade. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody to begin with. <laughs> They're going to be Jason coming in hot. <laughs> All right. It's interesting to see where they're going to go with Eddie Kingston now because, you know, Steve, I know we had talked last week that you thought this match could have won as a tag with Pac and Phoenix versus Penta and Kingston instead right. of doing uh, Butcher and Blade in here. So I think that would have been just, longer. Now you're just going to get three. You're going to get the 3v3 match and, yeah. and it'll, you know, that'll – you know, maybe we'll, we'll see them on, on the, you know, early in the pay-per-view of Revolution or you get it, you know, on, on Dynamite leading up to it. Um, I'm fine with having Eddie go with the Butcher and the Blade. Um, he can be a mouthpiece for them too. Not that Blade doesn't really need a mouthpiece because Sutter can actually talk on the microphone. They just don't let him talk. Butcher, on the other hand, I don't really know much about him as far as mic work, whether or not he can or not. So I'm fine with having it it, it be Eddie on, on the mic, you know. Like, again, we're back to the, you know, factions, groups of threes. So yeah. kind of where we're at. All right. Um, what else from this week? 
caught your eye with wrestling. I know, Chris, we, we can get into um, – well, wait, hold on. Let me t- t- jump back into Dynamite real quick. As I said, we had uh, the big inner circle in Vegas. What did everybody think of that? Hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I like uh, the whole time whenever uh, – Hagar and Warlow were just staring at each other. Yeah. Just staring at each other. They started beating yeah. the shit out of people in the club. That was good. <laughs> um, I think for me, the best part was Ortiz just on crank, just banging out weights with the, the <laughs> tightest bride wife beater slash t-shirt I've ever seen. Um, Sammy waking up in the fountain was pretty great. And then obviously MJF getting, you know, Sharpie written on his face with being soft and Sammy was here. That that you know any I know, you know, anytime you're at a house party and the, the jag off passes out first, he's getting, you know, dick and balls drawn on his face. So that was a good touch. Yeah. Well I guess we'll find out Sammy has possibly three wives. Yeah. And one, and one out of the three had their uh back to the, the camera, so we're not you know. Who knows who that might be? That could be a nice surprise. Um, and then what I thought, you know, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa from the hottest AEW women's feud because of two tweets, they actually took the social media and turned it into an angle between the two of them. Um, by having Britt come out and, and cost her the match against Serena um, and interfere. So I, I'd, I'd like to see Britt and Thunder Rosa go at it. Um, Britt Baker debuted a, a segment on Dark this week called The Waiting Room, um, where she interviewed guests. And, you know, obviously The Waiting Room, she's a dentist. There's the, the pun there. But um, – uh, I hope they work out the kinks for it on dark and it actually gets onto dynamite because the segment was actually really good with Angelico and Jack Evans. And she runs down some people and makes comments. And like I said, her character work during this entire time of COVID has just continued to grow and, and blossom and make her a bigger star. So hopefully that's something that translates over to dynamite that, that will elevate her even more. Yeah, I'm hoping that we see Thunder Rosa more on AEW. You know, it, it seems like we're going to get at least a Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match out of this week. Um, you know, Thunder Rosa is incredibly talented. It was a good match between her and Serena Deep for the NWA Women's Championship. You know, depending on how you look at it, whether you, you like Serena or not, I think she's she's a talent. Um, I was kind of hoping maybe to see Thunder Rosa regain the championship, though. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing where this how this moves forward. Yeah, how about women's division go? Like for the title, who's in that picture? Well, I think you could I have. Know. I think if if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go Sheeta and Th- or I'm sorry, if you're gonna go Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, then you can have the winner of that feud go after Sheeta for the AEW title, and that can be your your lead into Revolution. I don't I don't know what the what the rankings are right now, but I know Britt's probably gotta be up back up there again. Um, and I don't even know if they're ranking Thunder Rosa or not. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see there. Um, other 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 happenings on in the world of professional wrestling. We saw the return of the restart for MLW on Wednesday night. 
that aired at seven to eight o'clock. Um, I watched it on YouTube. Really enjoyed the show. Um, you know, they MLW has a has a they have a, a solid product. Court Bauer does a great job with them. Um, his writing for the show is tremendous. It's just him writing the show. Um, he may have talents, you know, give input onto angles and whatnot, but he's the one person writing that show and he does a great job of it. Um, so we saw Jacob Fatu and um, Harry Smith Jr. in the main event, Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr. against Myron Reed and Hammerstone was in action. So that was kind of the, the card there running it down. Fatu's um, in incredible shape. He's an absolute star, like yeah. star. I don't know how Court Bauer signed him to a five-year deal um, or what money he's paying him for that five-year deal, but, like, it's going to be tough to keep him in, in MLW. Yeah. I think I think the longer he goes and the better he gets, people are really going to be coming at, knocking at MLW's door for him. Um, yeah, incredible talent. You know, he was always a bigger guy. Kind of had that – Umaga build, you know, before COVID, and it looks like he's dropped a little bit of weight, you know, slimmed down a bit, but still a beast in the ring. I thought, you know, him and uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. was a great uh, physical altercation. And it, after the match, it looks like we're going to see Hammerstone step in the picture. So that's going to be another Haas versus Haas match. And Hammerstone's finisher is just absolutely unreal. Yeah, whenever I first saw him do it, I was just like, oh, he's doing the Goldberg finish. And then just add that extra element in there, like a pendulum. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pendulum was crazy. So um, they MLW did announce the return of the Opera Cup in, for 2020. They brought it back last year for the for the first time in decades. Um, Davey Boy Smith Jr. won it last year. He beat Brian Pillman Jr. in the finals. This year's bracket and entrance, we have – Tom Lawler versus Rocky Romero, Laredo Kid versus ACH, Loki versus versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Richard Holiday versus TJP. Thoughts on any of those matchups and potentially who you can see winning this Opera Cup 2020? Who'd you say is wrestling ACH? Laredo Kid. Either one of those could go. What's the guy's name? Jack Holiday. Richard Holiday. Richard Holiday. Um, yeah, they're they're really pushing him a little bit too. So, but uh, yeah, I might my money might be on uh, whoever wins Laredo versus ACH. Donald, Jason, any thoughts on on those entrants and bracket? You said TJP and I checked out. I said ACH. I haven't seen ACH fight in a long time, but I'll just give it to yeah. him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I um I'm hoping they don't go with like low key or Tom Lawler. Um you know, even though those have been main event people for them in MLW, I think it'll be a a good way to promote somebody else. So if, if that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go with that logic, I'll go with, with Holiday, um, being kind of the surprise winner of this and maybe use it to, to springboard him um into more of a, a main event not main event, but an upper tier card person in MLW. Yeah, uh, last year's Opera Cup, but also I'm interested in watching it this year. Yeah, go back and check that out. It was done really well. Um, Tuesday night, Impact 
I didn't watch it, but they did announce the bracket for the TNA Knockouts Championship, um, the tag team belts that they're bringing back, which will crown the champion at their January pay-per-view, Hard to Kill. Uh, first match got off this week, and Chris, you said it was Havoc and Nevaeh. Yeah, Havoc and Nevaeh defeated uh, Tennille Dashwood, Emma, and Alicia. Yeah, Havoc and Nevaeh, that, that might be my team to beat. You know, they're, they're two big girls, and, you know, they're, they're sturdy, and they can get it done in the ring. Yeah, I think that the intrigue with this is uh, who's going to be Jordan Grace's surprise tag team partner. Yeah. They had TBA next to, next to her name in the bracket. Um, a couple of teams I didn't recognize, so not really sure who the women are that, that are a part of those teams I didn't see before. Rosemary and Taya, um, I could see making a little bit of a run at it. But yeah, I think Jordan, Jordan, and the the TBA is where my most of my entry goes towards for this this tournament here. Because she could run the tournament herself, be like Matt Morgan back in the day, <laughs> champion. <laughs> yeah, that could be. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'm looking um, at the bracket now, and it looks like uh, Jordan Grace and whoever her partner will be will be in the same bracket as Havoc and Nevea. So okay, you know, if so our partner's in name yet. Yeah, just they're, they're, her. Yeah, they're still just looking. They're doing like a backstage thing, like where Jordan keeps looking for a new partner. Will she be the one man or one woman tag champ? Well, if you would have listened, Donald just said that instead of watching the show that you should have watched before we reported the podcast, you jag off. <laughs> I'm trying to do research. I'm looking at the knockouts of the tag division. <laughs> uh, you're not. You're, you're looking at knockouts. You're not looking at the knockouts tag team division. Let's keep it real. Way to put me on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, oh, man. Yeah. That, that's his research. Yeah. Oh, this, one, this one, I like her Instagram stories. I think I'm going to go with her. <laughs> um, <laughs> ROH announced that they'll be uh, making their long-awaited pay-per-view return for final battle. 2020, which will take place on December 18th. Um, no card yet, but uh, the graphic for it looks pretty interesting um, with who's who's showing. So we'll, we'll see how that comes out. Um, I know you had Jay Briscoe make a challenge to EC3. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. And it looks like EC3 is going to be sticking around in ROH for a little bit here. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's on the poster for the – for the for the pay per view, um, and see where where that goes. But glad to see Ring of Honor come back. Hopefully, they can carry out the momentum that they had from the Pure Title Tournament and uh, get some more eyes on their product. Yeah, it's like they Ring of Honor has kind of been in a uh, transition, that, you know, period ever since uh, Young Bucks, Cody, and Kenny Omega have left. So it'll be interesting to see where they go in 2021 now that COVID's over, or you know, they're coming back from they, the COVID break. Um, they can't they can't use that as an excuse no more, man. That's two years ago. Like, get over it. You gotta you gotta come out and get your shit going. Yeah, I th- I think it was just one of those things that they just weren't expecting, and they they didn't they weren't prepared for it, and they, they I don't think they still are. Everybody got to evolve with the <laughs> with the virus. Yeah. It's time for them to. All right. Um, I know we went long here with wrestling this week, but a lot of stuff going on. Anything else that jumped off the page at you guys as far as 
wrestling goes around the horn, quick hitters. Did we talk about that tag list? No, not yet. We're gonna wait until the we're gonna wait until the the official um, magazine top fifty until the the official drops where it's all fifty tag teams. They only put out the top ten, so. Okay. We'll, we'll wait. Don't worry. We, we'll have plenty of time. That'll be a separate show. That'll be a separate special episode to get into that because, yeah, that, yeah. There's there's a lot to get into and unpack with that list so wow. far, and it's only the first ten teams. <laughs> so anything else? No, I'm good. Undertaker joined TikTok, <laughs> and we'll end the segment on that. That was this week in Bell to Bell. <laughs> Chug, 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 chug. This week's Drink of the Week segment is brought to you by a, her- a poorly performed intro because we're doing this on Zoom and it sounded as if we're already drunk. So we take that as you The stay-at-home orders ha- have caused a little delay in technology, so... That intro was not as clean as it normally is. <laughs> so this week we're gonna this week we're gonna go uh, double we're gonna double fist and uh, bring you two drink of the week reviews since we're coming into Thanksgiving. What better way than to review two drinks considering that the amount of alcohol normally consumed to deal with family members is twice as much as you would regularly drink? Uh, we have a harpoon. Dunkin' Pumpkin, uh, we did that in regards to pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. And to stick with the sweet dessert theme, we we're also doing Yingling's Hershey's Chocolate Porter coming out of Yingling Brewing Company out of Pottsville, PA, the oldest brewery in the nation. So, Chris, what do you want to do first here? Uh, and, you know, Donald and Jason are on this drink of the week, but again, due to stay-at-home orders, we were not able to split our beers into fours. So, unfortunately, they will not be able to give a uh, sip and review for either one of these two beers. Maybe we can get their reviews at a later time unless they have something at their house that they want to review now and just add it into drink of the week via virtual edition. <laughs> I'm just here for support. There you go. What, what flavor so we got it. We, we Jason. Say what? What flavor of crystal light are you drinking? I am drinking uh, pink lemonade, Ooh, raspberry okay. lemonade. Matter of fact, here's a life hack: if you don't like beer, put crystal light in it. This guy. I don't got a lot of hell it. for it, but. Mm. but the the opinions of certain, the the reviews and opinions of certain people on the drink of the week segment do not do not um, support in in our the overall opinions of the rest of the host of this show. So please disregard that segment um, and that tidbit by Jason of adding crystal light to your beer. Okay, I can edit that, that out during post-production. <laughs> well, well, we'll thank Donald for being our, our designated driver of this segment since he's just here for support. We appreciate that. But you always need a good designated driver and, you know, holiday season, you know, don't get behind the wheel of a car drunk. Call an Uber, call a friend, call me. I don't care, but uh, let's let's uh, stay sober and not get behind the wheel of the car there. Usually for the holidays, um, I stick with the hard stuff. You know, I usually don't drink beer for, for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'll do wine or, or mixed drinks. I got some beer at home, so it might just end up being a beer holiday this year for Thanksgiving. So 
let's start it off with uh, Harpoon's Duncan Pumpkin. You know, this is basically a twist that's supposed to be a uh, a pumpkin ale mixed with uh, Duncan coffee to kind of make like a a hard pumpkin latte. Yeah, it says it's inspired by our favorite fall latte. This ale is brewed with pumpkin, fall spices, and a splash of coffee. Let's give it a try. Give it a taste and see where we're at. I don't know about you, but I don't taste any pumpkin or yeah. pumpkin spice latte. To me, it's just it it tastes like beer. Yeah, I don't get anything. Very strong. Yeah, like it, it just tastes out. like a, it just tastes like beer. I'm getting, you know, it's definitely getting the beer taste, but I'm getting the coffee flavoring with it. It's also 5.2 alcohol, which is average, you know, nothing special in there. Usually for a coffee and pumpkin beer, I think the alcohol percentage is a little bit higher, so kind of surprised that this is a little bit on the low end. But I agree, I'm not really getting any of the, too much of the false spices or the pumpkin flavoring. No, I mean, I like the bottle, you know, Love Life is, is written on the bottle. Um, it, it's definitely reminiscent of a, a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup love life and love beers on the bottle <laughs> yeah that's great um i don't know for essence of pumpkin i'm not getting any pumpkin at all nothing, <laughs> Very, nothing. i can kind of tell maybe a little bit of spice in the after in the aftertaste but definitely not a whole lot like whenever you think of a fall beer that's that's what you're drinking for is to get that spice that pumpkin and that spice flavor in there and the the coffee and the beer flavors more overpowering on my end at least. Yeah, I'm uh on a scale of one to five sumos, I'm gonna have to go with a two. I'm I'm not impressed with the the lack of flavor, lack of spices, and just as a as a beer taste, uh, it's not even that good of a beer. So I'm gonna go with a two for Harpoon's Dunkin' Pumpkin. Yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking about the same thing with you. It's not a bad drinking beer. Like, I don't hate it while I'm drinking it, but there's just nothing special about it. That I'm it's not, uh, yeah, if I, if I have other choices around me, um, I'm going to grab those before I grab this. Like, I still have some whole hog pumpkin out here, and I'd rather have that than, than this. Um, oh, that like, absolutely. It's great. <laughs> like, that, that absolutely trounces I'm a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts beer, so I was really kind of looking forward to this. Not Dunkin' Donuts beer, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah, I was kind of really looking forward to trying this out, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with the two as well. All right. Well, that was the, the Harpoon Dunkin' Pumpkin. Uh, keeping up with the dessert-themed uh edition of drink of the week we'll move on to the yingling hershey's chocolate porter yingling is is one of my uh one of my favorite beers it's one of the beers that i started drinking after turning 21 um or before i was 21 um you can edit that out but it clearly states on the label 21 to enjoy so um if you weren't aware of the drinking age yingling makes it known to you what the legal drinking age is so if you're not 21 don't enjoy this beer i'm wondering if they did that because of how prominent hershey's is on the label absolutely they had to have uh, yeah. to cover themselves to make it known hey this is uh this is an alcoholic beverage and not just you know a, a kid's drink yeah nothing not like a dessert drink or anything like that might get it confused with chocolate milk <laughs> yeah i mean possible i know like before taking a taste of it, like when you hold the bottle up, like you smell chocolate, like you smell a Hershey's chocolate bar for sure. Like That's before you ass. even taste it. Would have definitely grabbed as you did. Yeah, let's try it. That is straight chocolate. I like that. Yeah, that is that is like drinking a 
spiked Hershey bar. Jason, for how into Irish car bombs you are, I'd kind of like to to get your take on this to see what you think what, what you would think. Where'd of you that. get that at? I actually picked this up at Giant Eagle. Oh, I did even a, better. Yeah, did a make my own six pack with it. So okay. might have to try some at work. It's not. It's definitely not like a stout. Um, so I'm, I'm looking this up. This is actually 4.7 uh, percent alcohol. So that really, really low for Yingling. Um, but I agree, Yingling is one of my favorite beer. Yingling Lager is one of my favorite beers to drink. It, it's different because I was kind of expecting with the porter and the the chocolate Hershey. I thought maybe it would taste like a stout. You know, be a little more smooth. But this definitely is. A, a beer, you know, it's definitely nothing it's, like yeah, a stout. Yeah, it's, it's a porter. It's yeah, completely opposite of a stout. Um, yeah, um, but I, I really like the flavor. Like I, I wasn't. I knew that there was going to be a chocolate flavor, but I wasn't sure how much the chocolate would really pick up. But no, it's that. It's there. It's there. Like you, like I said, I, I absolutely taste Hershey's chocolate. Like I don't know how many of these I'm going to actually sit down and drink. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I'm buying a case of these to, to hammer through on Thanksgiving. Am I having one after, you know, after my first plate while I'm sitting there watching the second football game? Uh, it's kind of, you know, a, a wash down of, of all the food I consumed. I'll, I'll, I would probably have one or two of these. Not something that I would go back to regularly, though. I agree. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pick up a six-pack and, you know, just at the end of a hard day, this is this would be my go-to type of beer. Something for, you know, special for a holiday, for Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. You know, this is a, dessert, you want a beer? It, I think it's a good beer to match with that. This is a great beer for a beer exchange with your buddies for Christmas. Yes. So everybody go get a case and or a 12-pack, and then you – you mix match, you know, you go around and take beers from whatever everybody bought. This would be a, this is a great beer to do in a beer exchange because you get one or two, which is about the limit for me that I'll drink of these. Um, It's different. It's, it is, it is good. Like I'm enjoying drinking it. Don't get me wrong. Based off of what I've said so far, I have enjoyed drinking it out of the two that we've done today. I'm definitely taking the Hershey's Porter over to the, over to Dunkin' Pumpkin. That's for sure. So yeah, I, I, where would you go with uh, one to five sumos for the Her- the Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter? I really like it. It's not as it, I was expecting overly sweet, and I don't think it's overly sweet. Um, it's I'm overly it's, it's overly chocolatey, not overly sweet. And no. chocolate by itself is not sweet. Chocolate is no. is bitter. Yeah, I uh, thought I was kind of going in with the mindset that uh, I might get a toothache after drinking this one, but it's not. It's it's a good. It's an easy to drink beer, and I, in my mind, I'm sitting there going like, "Okay, I like stout, so if I want like a dessert beer, stouts, ch- chocolate stouts, usually my way to go." So would I pick this over a stout? No. Um, is this something I could drink a lot? Probably not. Probably like one once here or there, like for the holidays. If they would make this a seasonal beer every time around this time of year, like with the winter warmers and everything, I'd probably pick it up once a year. It's definitely not something that I, I'm not really going to be looking for every every week whenever I need a beer or, or anything like that. But I'm, I think I'm leaning towards the 3.75 on this. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to keep it even keel and just give it a three. Okay. I'm not, I'm not overly high on it. I'm not overly down on it. Um, it, it, is a, it is a good beer. Like I said, I think this, this beer is best for a beer exchange where you drink one or two. You can pour it out, you know, if you're having people over, you know, share it. It's not a not a case buying beer where you buy a case and just sit there with 
with one of your other buddies and you each drink 12 of them while you're watching football all day on Sunday. Like it doesn't, to me, it's not that some people may like it more. Um, sure. But I, I, I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly fine with giving it a three just because I think it, it's just a, it's just an, an average beer for me. All right. So that's a two for the Duncan pumpkin uh, from on the sumo scale for me and Chris. And then, we went with a 3.75 from Chris and a 3.0 for me on the sumo scale for the Yingling Hershey's Chocolate Porter. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Drink of the Week. And with everything, as always, we ask that you pick up your red Solo cups, your bottles, your cans, your shots, whatever you're drinking out of or drinking with this week, and raise them up as we give a toast to Good ships and wood ships and ships that sell the seas, but the best ships are friendships and friends will always be. Salute. All right, this week in sports, folks, we got a ton of stuff to get into. For it being mainly football-centric this time of year, there was a lot going on this week in other sports as well. I guess we'll jump into the NBA draft that took place on uh, Wednesday night. I was flipping back and forth between that and the the uh, NXT AEW shows, so um, I wanted to see who were the, the first three to four picks based off of those names that went. And, and it looks like Michael Jordan is so petty that he drafted LaMelo, Bell, LaMelo Ball just to beat LeVar Ball for talking shit in one-on-one. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, go back and listen to Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech, and that'll tell you how petty he actually is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the I guess the big news – Besides all the, the trades and player movement, um, free agency kind of sparked off last night. So we've seen a bunch of people move different teams. Um, you know, the, the Lakers made a deal to get Dennis Schroeder. You know, they also signed – they're going to sign Montrez Harrell away from the Clippers. But they lose Dwight Howard to the Sixers. Like, there's people moving all over the place. Oklahoma City Thunder – you don't know how who's on their roster and how many draft picks they have. It, you know, the, the only thing harder than that is trying to solve the math problem in Goodwill Hunting. Like I have no <laughs> idea who's on their roster right now. <laughs> I heard something that they have like 13 picks the next two uh, drafts or something. It's insane. Uh-huh. Like that is crazy. It, and it's and it's like it's like 13 first round draft picks over the next couple of years or something like that. It's nuts. Like. We'll see what they end up doing with all that draft capital and everything else. Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so that's interesting to see um, where everybody's going, how things are going to shake out. James Harden's trying to push the trade out of Houston. Apparently him and him and Russell Westbrook went out based off of um, who the, the owner of the Houston Rockets supports politically. We won't get into that, but – just interesting to see that he's he's demanding a trade specifically to the Brooklyn Nets, which makes no sense if I'm Brooklyn. Brooklyn well. Not not at all. Not enough. Not at all. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not giving up my entire team to bring James Harden in to play with Kyrie and KD when all three are going to want the ball. All three are going to take the last shot. Like to me, that, those three don't work at all. No. And James Harden is not going to change up his game from going shooting, you know, 45 times a game to taking 
20 shots and, and going from averaging 30 points a game plus to 22 points a game. He's just not that type of player. He's not going to do it. Or coming off the bench. Yeah. And then um, Clay Thompson, thoughts and prayers go out to him. Um, missed all last year with a torn ACL, and it came out on draft night that he now has a torn Achilles in his right leg, so he will miss all of the upcoming season. Um, I know that that's that got to be rough. You rehab an entire year to get back from an ACL tear in your left leg, and then now you tear your right Achilles. So who knows if we'll ever see Clay Thompson play basketball again. You know, Achilles injuries tend to be the death knell for basketball players. That's why it's so interesting to see how Kevin Durant looks coming back from this year. Um, but, yeah, just – Really bad break there for for Clay and, and Golden State. They'll probably just uh, tank the season and try to get a lottery pick again. No, they. I mean they 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 drafted Wiseman, which was a good draft pick, and then they also made a deal. They they brought in Kelly Oubre, so they're they're not going to necessarily just sit on this year. Um, Steph's back, Draymond's back. They they're making some moves, so. Will they be, like, top end of the Western Conference contending for a title? I don't think so, not without Clay. But, you know, they they, they might make the playoffs and get a, 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 you know, a late lottery pick mid-first round selection just because of how good Steph is and, and what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baseball-wise, I think the, the biggest news that I saw was Robinson Cano got suspended for the entire 21 season after testing positive for – PEDs uh, per Jeff Passan from ESPN. Cano was already suspended 82 games um, for for a previous PED bust. And somebody that was supposed to be a, a top-end star of the sport whenever he was younger, he's really just turned into being a PED punchline at this point in time. Yeah, he's consistent. <laughs> Consistently on the juice is what he's consistent on. <laughs> And look at his career. He was at the Yankees at the top of his game. Then he wanted that three hundred million dollar contract, and went with the uh, what is the Mariners? And it just the Mariners. Hill from there. Yeah, like he got popped in Seattle and, and missed eighty two games, and then now you know the Mets sign him, and and he gets popped again, and now he's going to miss the entire season. Like sounds like the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. And if it was a season to miss, you know, this probably isn't a bad one to miss. True, true. But and it's all guaranteed money, right? So he still gets yeah. paid, yeah. right? Well he, well, he won't get it. Yeah, so that's $24 million that the uh, Mets can pocket. Yeah. somebody who they <laughs> – it's the Mets, though. Yeah, it's the Mets. Um, I, I saw the, the, the Pirates tweeted out this week, uh, uh, we, we have the best ballpark in all of Major League Baseball and, and – I tweeted back, hey, how about you try putting a, a major league team on that best ballpark in Major League Baseball because the beauty of the park has run its course. Yeah, 20 years <laughs> later. 20 years later, nobody cares about the damn park no more. We want to see a major league team out on the field. It's been 20 years? Yep. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I think um, they, well, I, what, they opened up the 2001 season, I think. 2001. So. Yeah, 2001 season. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the naming right. rights are up for the for PNC Park this year too. You might yeah. have the Point Park, uh, Point Park baseball. They'll fill it out more. <laughs> Unreal. Obviously, 
college football, NFL football going on this week. Good yeah, Thursday good night game. game. Yeah, COVID, the COVID season. Uh, I think 15 college football games were canceled again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Florida, Florida State one. Well, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to say Florida State and Clemson this morning just canceled because a, a backup offensive lineman tested positive. Um, and they landed in Tallahassee, and they couldn't agree on whether or not to, to play. So that game got postponed and canceled. I keep saying it every week. I don't know how we're going to get a legitimate four-team playoff to crown a national champion because of the difference in total number of games that all these teams are playing. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll see. The games that are on today, you know, Bedlam's tonight, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That'll be a good one to watch. Uh, I think my my game of the, the week, game of the day that I'm most interested in is Wisconsin and Northwestern. Um We'll see both teams are undefeated, although Wisconsin's only played twice. That's due to COVID restrictions, um, them missing games. I, I think Wisconsin may be the real deal this year, not just your typical Wisconsin team that looks good and then gets blown out by Ohio State. <laughs> and Ohio State's playing Indiana right now. So those are four. Oh yeah, I forgot that game kicked off that game kicked off at noon, right? Yep. Hopefully Indiana shocks the world and beats Ohio State today. I would love nothing more than 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 to rub it in the people's and Columbus's face that they lost to Indiana. Yep, I would love that. I, hate the I, hate I think the if, you, if you if you if you can't finish or no, if you out of the running, just just quit football this season. Just drop off the season if you yep. can't. Yeah. Just drop off. Yep. So moving on to the NFL, interesting week in the NFL with some stuff that came out. DeAndre Baker. I don't know if you guys are aware of his story, uh, the former cornerback from the New York Giants, first-round pick, got got accused of armed robbery over the summertime. And uh, it came out that the lawyer was uh, – the attorney was the extorting these these people and charges weren't real, so he was cleared of everything. Um, listen to the, the timeline of this dude's past year. Like, you think 2020 has been bad with COVID, but – he was a first-round draft pick in 2019, played all 16 games for the Giants, accused of four counts of armed robbery, cut by the Giants, cleared of all charges, opposing lawyer charged with extortion, and now he's signed with the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> so you want to talk about, like, coming up smelling roses after – He just pulled a uh, – he just pulled a Williamson. Yeah, Williamson. <laughs> well, he might have, he might have came up better than Williamson because now he's not accused of, of four counts of armed robbery. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess if 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 you were playing for the Jets, you would want to commit four counts of armed robbery. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, social media handed him a new one. Yeah. Uh, right after that happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's why, you like, you know, you never want to just automatically say somebody's guilty and jump to conclusions and pound somebody, yeah. you know, into the dirt because you don't know all the circumstances and everything else. And it's easy nowadays to just hop on Twitter and shoot out a tweet automatically, yeah. you know, bashing somebody. But here in this case, he really, like, legitimately did nothing wrong and was being extorted and it cost him his career and everything else. So I'm glad to see him getting – you know, a chance to play in the league again. Um, 
good for him signing with the Chiefs. I mean, we'll see. Hey, the Chiefs look like they're really trying to make a run and running this thing back to back here. So I did see ESPN put out a list ranking the top rookies, offense and defensive rookies of the year this year. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Herbert and Burrow topped the list one, two. Justin Jefferson, Tristan Wirfs, Chase Young, James Robinson, T. Higgins, Antonio Gibson, Makai Becton, and Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, why is there no Chase Claypool on this list? Inconsistency of the offense. <laughs> In- inconsistency of the offense? They've averaged over 25 points every game this year. It's the highest scoring offense that the Steelers have ever had. But it's been like, I don't want to say eking them out. It's like, but he has nine touchdowns. He has nine touchdowns, seven receiving, two rushing. And over 500 yards receiving. Like, how are you not on the top 10 rookies, offense or defense, with those numbers? And what's Herbert's record with the Chargers? That's like, that's like two games. <laughs> <laughs> touchdowns or touchdowns? I, hey, just like the Steelers are number one in the ranking. So, <laughs> I'd rather yeah. have touchdowns than more yards. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the other the other thing that I saw this week as far as, you know, Steelers biased and list coming out, Chris Sims put out his top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and Ben Roethlisberger is not on that list. Hate I saw a stat saying great. he's never had a single MVP vote ever. Never, never has had one MVP vote. <laughs> and people are like, well, neither has Russell Wilson. And it's like, okay, but Ben's been in the league longer than Russ. Two championships. Um, two championships. It's been a part of a 15-1 and one team. Like 5,000 uh, yards. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that he's never received one vote, like like you said, there, there's some major stiller hate. I love it, though. Keep it coming. Don't yeah. put us on any list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cam Hayward's the worst. I don't care. Like, all that stuff is going to be pinned up in locker rooms, and we can have at it. Let's go. Doesn't matter to me. Care less. <laughs> Let us fly under the radar. I'm okay with it. I watched every single sports show after the Steelers win, and it's just like last week they didn't even make any shows. No, it's <laughs> undefeated. They made like two yeah. shows. They're they're nine and zero, the last undefeated team in the league. If 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 the 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 Patriots were nine and zero, the Chiefs were nine and zero, the Perfect. Colts the Colts with Peyton Manning were nine and zero. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are nine and zero. Like that's what you're leaving your stories with. Mm-hmm. Chiefs had a bad week, and Pat Mahomes got more talk. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But like you said, keep it under the radar. Let's go. Uh, Jacksonville this week. Uh, no, I feel uh, like I feel like no. Minshew's out. He, he's out. It's, Minshew. Oh, no. They, um, what is it? Luton. Lutton. Yeah. Lutton? Yeah. Lutton. Um, listen. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger all time against the Jaguars is uh, five and five, I believe. Tomlin is four and four as a head coach. The Jags, the Jaguars traditionally always play the Steelers tough, even going back to like their their heyday with Mark Brunel and Keenan McCardell and you know Fred Taylor and um, what y'all means. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah like they just always play the Steelers tough. So I am. If I'm a betting man, I, I may take the Jags plus 10.5. I don't think the Steelers cover because that's what the Steelers do. So I, I might wasn't take the, the points. Uh, wasn't it the Jags that beat them one time all on defensive uh, 
on pick sixes. Yeah, that was uh that uh, 2017 season. And they held him to like under 100 yards on the on offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a regular season game. Yeah. Yep. That happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, hopefully we go down there and get a win and and yeah. keep the ball rolling. But I don't think they'll cover ten and a half, just because historically how they play the Jaguars. So, it, UFC pay per view tonight. Stack card there. You know. Oh, Valentina Shevchenko, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters. Um, if you haven't seen anything before, uh, or go on YouTube and pull up some highlights of her. She is, last I checked yesterday, she is a minus $2,200 on Fandle. Her opponent is plus 1100 So if you have $1 to bet and you want to hop on Fandle and lay a dollar to win 1100 if a miracle somehow happens, by all means, go ahead <laughs> And do that. So pay-per-view tonight. Um, the other thing, a couple things I saw UFC-wise, McGregor, Conor McGregor agreed to fight Dustin Poirier in January. Um, that that has now been signed. It is official. That'll take place, I believe, January 23rd, I believe, is the date for that, yeah, that pay-per-view. I'm excited for that. I mean, Conor, whatever you may think of him, he's definitely a draw and, and brings – Eyes and ears to the sport. Uh, we'll see if he still has it. Um, don't know where he would go if he wins this fight, who he would fight next because Khabib's retired. So interesting to see there, um, but but good to note. And then um, last thing for UFC, Fightful MMA tweeted out yesterday a picture of John Jones, and he's transitioning to move up to heavyweight. He is freaking jacked like i'm talking like i don't even i don't even know what you would what you would say about it but if this is the john jones that we're going to get at heavyweight at this size and if he's able to keep all his speed and like doesn't lose anything dude i don't know how you like i don't know how he doesn't handle the heavyweight division like he's done with the light heavyweight division his entire career now with his history is that uh is is that gonna be clean (laughs) Well, I don't think you get jacked. I don't think you get jacked off a blow. Um, normally, that normally that makes you clear, right? Like that that takes it away. Like, well, oh, oh, well, he did do that. Plus, he did uh, what is it, turning ball or something like that? He got caught with. <laughs> there was there was a few things. It wasn't just one. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, because he had all that. Uh, Dang, I forgot what it was called. Skip it. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch last week, um, last Saturday night, I watched the Crawford and Crook fight. Um, Terrence Bud Crawford, you know, does what he does, knock people out. Hopefully we'll get to see him and, and Earl Spence Jr. get at it. Spence is, has a fight coming up, and uh, that that's kind of where I – where I'd like to see them go with that to have the big name fight that boxing is is lacking over the last several years. So, um, anything else in in sports? Yeah, is it next week? Um, Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson. Oh yeah, yep, yep. That's Saturday exactly. night, the twenty eighth. Mike Jones, Mike Tyson Jr., the baddest man on the planet, is going to absolutely kill Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> <laughs> see the picture of Mike Tyson with the gloves on that they're going to use. They look like Roy, big mission gloves. <laughs> Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr. 
Roy Jones Jr. has regretted signing on to this fight ever since he announced that he would take this fight. <laughs> like, don't sleep on Mike. Just because Mike's 55, 56, and, you know, he's still that Mike Tyson. I'm going to eat your kids. Like, he's going to come out and want to destroy you. He's been That's what he here recently, and, man, he sounded just as intense as he did in the 80s. <laughs> Are they wearing headgear? I, I don't. I don't believe so. No, I don't <laughs> think so. How much are they charging for this event? That I don't know either. I do not know. Mm. It's got. It's gotta be. If it's not eighty bucks, I'd be surprised. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. We'll look for that. Yeah, stream. Oh yeah, I, I am paying for it, but I'll, I'll watch the fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if next Saturday night you're looking for something um, for you young kids out there, go on YouTube and just search Mike Tyson and watch what that man did in a professional boxing ring. Well, you know what's going to come up first. Well, hopefully. Hangover. <laughs> Him hitting the drums to Phil Collins in the air tonight, like. Um. Uh, any any uh any games or anything that that's catching your guys' eyes for this weekend that you're gonna want to tune into? Just uh watching this Ohio State Indiana game. Is there a score of that right now? Seven nothing Ohio State. So I do got one other thing to to wrap up the sports segment, and I'm throwing it in here. Although it is, I guess you can technically call it a sport now because there are professional gaming leagues. So with uh. PlayStation, PS5, and Xbox coming out this week. I, I saw a thing that posted um, a little interaction between two guys playing Madden 21. And uh, it's a little, little, little message exchange. It says, you suck, bro. It says, sorry, I'm only 11. He goes, my bad, G. You're really good for your age. Keep up the good work. The guy takes it back. Mom never lets me play. She said I'm too fat. She calls me fat boy. The guy that said that he's only 11 um, is not 11. He's a grown-ass man. He was like, <laughs> he said, damn, I suck at Madden so bad. I told this guy I was 11 years old. <laughs> so you, you got to turn the mic off and everything. You can't. <laughs> I don't, like, I, I have not played video games in a long time, but I, I think the last time I did was uh, New Year's Eve party which is also my birthday so I was hammered and my son had me playing Call of Duty at like 3 o'clock in the morning and you know I died like I don't know 99 times and you know I had one kill like (laughs) they were just sniping me from every which way (laughs) yeah kids like young kids like so um, yeah I I haven't picked up the sticks since, but again, I was inebriated. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if those totals would, would improve on a, on a sober, clean mind. But uh, I just thought it was pretty funny. Like, yo, you get beat so bad in Madden, you tell somebody you're 11, so they think you That's great. So, yeah, the Call of Duty online community is pretty rough out there. <laughs> All right. Well, that's this week in sports. Enjoy the games, and uh, we'll catch you next week. All right, kids, thanks for tuning in for episode 12 of the Dumb Marks Podcast. Uh, you know where you found us, but make sure that you tell a friend and have them listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, 
and basically wherever podcasts are available. Make sure you follow us on social media at Dumb Marks Pod. That's at Dumb Marks P-O-D on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at dumbmarkspod at gmail.com. Steve, you got anything else for us this week? Uh, We've covered a lot on this episode. Thanks to Donald and Jason for hopping us on. I guess one thing to kind of lift your spirits up after all the negative stuff that has gone on recently and, and being back at stay at home orders. At least we're not the mayor of uh, the mayor in Belgium, a mayor decorated his town in 90 X rated Christmas lights that look like penises. So go to Barstool sports. It is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm showing this picture on Zoom to everybody, <laughs> go to barstoolsports.com, read the article. There are 90 of these things just lit up all around this town. So, <laughs> poor decoration choice by this mayor. Um, I don't think he'll get reelected after this decorating season, but it's a good article. It's 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 funny. It, the visual is hilarious. So maybe that's what Belgium will know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just it, it's funny. So uh, I, th- I thought I would end the thought I would end the, the outro and end the, this week's pod with you know an enjoyable moment here um, before we get into the quote of the week. So if anybody does anybody got anything else before we get ready to get out of here? No, I'm good. Good here. Yeah, All right, so with this being uh, Thanksgiving, this being Thanksgiving week, and this dropping, you know, on Monday before Thanksgiving, and a time to reflect and give thanks for the things we have. I want to leave you guys with this: three things you can't recover in life: the word after it's said, the moment after it's missed, and the time after it's gone. So watch what you say, live in the moment, and never ever waste time. With that, we'll catch you around the way. 